All right, let's get started. to The Intersect with I, Noah, and the co-host, Michael. Another two weeks, as usual. I think we've actually found a rhythm for our format, and uh, we're going to try to focus on keeping that format consistent from now on, isn't it? Yeah, and episodes will actually be edited completely. (laughs) All right, so every two weeks, one hour. Should be a pretty easy way to digest things, but uh, should we get started now? Yeah, let's dive right in. To the the thing dominating 2020, well, at least it has been for most of the year except for the last two weeks, coronavirus or COVID-19 or SARS-CoV-2. Haven't we started every episode with coronavirus? I mean, we started this during quarantine. (laughs) Yeah, we started during quarantine and that's the moment we live in. This is what we have to deal with. All our actions and everything, honestly, is because of coronavirus. There's... No way, this is not the big story of 2020. Mm-hmm. Anyways, while while the U.S. seems to have forgotten that coronavirus exists because everyone's been going out, this this is before the protest. This, people have been going out since Memorial Day. People are out barbecuing, hanging out with their friends, one host included. Um, so we we've all been going out, and the number of cases to the United in the United States have risen to 2.1 million cases, confirmed cases of coronavirus, as we're recording this on a Saturday night at 10 p.m. Yeah, um, America's still number one. Yes, we are still very much number one, and the amount of deaths have have gone over 120,000. It's a big number. Like coronavirus is, yeah, it's um actually. But there might be three or four diseases that are, or like incidents that kill more Americans than coronavirus. So it's a, it, it's one of the great diseases. It's up there. Well, it, it's it's still number uh, in the world. It's still trying to go up. Uh, right now in Brazil, they're seeing their their death tolls rise rise by a lot. They uh, have supplanted the uk as being number two so you know jair bolsonaro really wants to follow the u.s's lead uh well i don't think he cares about being the lead of anything because it doesn't exist at least from his perspective <laughs> exactly but uh, it's really bad i heard like they were starting to dig like uh temporary like graveyards in uh, copacabana or in the beaches and also the weather over there isn't really helping it uh, yes, because we know coronavirus. From our limited information, it seems to be doing better in uh, in times where there's like a lot of like cold weather. And right now, Brazil and South America and Africa, they're starting to hit their winters. Like even in South Africa, it's also really bad over there. Yeah, I mean, I sometimes forget the Southern Hemisphere exists with their you know separate seasons, no system than us. But you know, when you got to think about, it, you're like, oh crap, yeah, that's true. Winter is starting over there. And also the main fear I have with something like this happening is if the people in the southern hemisphere start getting sick and then it lasts during the whole winter over there, it could come back up in the northern hemisphere during the winter we have. And that's also a little problematic. I mean, let's be clear. The United the first of all, for the global south, like for people in the southern hemisphere, it's going to be bad. We're talking about Latin America, we're talking about Africa. They don't have the same resources like medical resources that the US or Europe has. So when the disease like 
it's currently raging in in like in South Africa and Brazil, but like when it rages like throughout the both continents, it's going to be very bad. Oh yeah, but uh, I think we have there's one more stat on the U.S. we haven't mentioned yet, which might be good to uh, say. Yeah, and it's there are only about a dozen states where the rates are still rising. I mean, a dozen states is more than twenty percent of the states. Yeah, so. Uh... Uh, I forgot the exact number of states, but like 15, 16 states where case totals are rising, like 20 are plateau, and like the remaining are actually decreasing. Yeah, so, and, and two states we put in our notes here to focus on is Texas and Florida. Yeah, Texas and Florida keep hitting new highs in both their death totals and the amount of like confirmed cases they get daily. Yet they're relatively big, and they have pretty correct systems implemented in both these states i mean uh i mean not really florida is notorious for its uh issues counting whether that's counting votes or counting coronavirus they seem to always have issues with just how numbers work oh and um that's that's uh that's a little bit of a jab at at them (laughs) i mean it's every election uh but yeah (laughs) But yeah, no, in general, uh, like Florida and Texas were two of the states that opened up the soonest. They're, um, actually, if there's the biggest evidence coronavirus doesn't go away during the summer, it's those two states. Because Texas gets insanely hot and Florida too. And their case totals are rising. So that doesn't bode well for the world. Now I'm curious how this would be going on in like Phoenix, Arizona, where that's like also a place where it gets really hot. Um... If I remember correctly, Arizona is starting to hit, get near the limit of your uh, hospital capacity. Oh, well, yeah, I guess uh, this is good proof that warmer weather does not really mean reduced uh, infection rates, even though it performs better in the winter. Yeah, infection rates can still go up, but if, um, and there's some evidence that says being in outdoorsy space, like being in the outdoors, like the park or whatever reduces your chances of getting coronavirus but you know it's not a certainty and as well like if people are not again people were out partying for memorial day we haven't seen uh we haven't seen the effects of protest on uh on the numbers of coronavirus patients uh donald trump is going to start campaigning soon so we're going to see we're going to see those rates rise yeah rallies and such but uh now that you say uh protests should we move on over to that Oh, I, yes. It's a big. It's a big topic. Honestly, uh, I've been a little bit MIA yeah. lately. Also with news, I'm just gonna point this out because I've been dealing with a lot of work from college, but I'm done with my school year now. So, uh, I'll be back to getting all my news in the next two weeks. Yeah, honestly, uh, things have gotten a lot better. Because uh, when we recorded this two weeks ago, it was very emotional. I was a lot angrier, frustrated. Very emotional. I was very heated, to say the least. Yes. But, um, I don't know. It's nice to, it's nice to see how much wide-range support there is and how much, like... And and there's change, too. Like... Yeah. If you read into it, there's a lot of change at a local level, which is what's important when it comes to the police force. It's all local. And so in many states and, uh, counties, they're finally putting, uh... They're finally pushing the police departments to implement systems to better track all these issues. Yeah. Uh, actually, let's talk about the policies first. Let's first talk about like what this is. Just the, just the 
bunch of protests all over the all over the not even just the U.S. anymore. It's all over the world. Mm-hmm. There are Black Lives Matter protests in Australia. There are protests in the U.K. There are protests in like every country now. It's actually just amazing to see just how like not not also like how much um, solidarity there is with people in the U.S. But it's also just like how every country is dealing with these issues. It's not a isolated problem in the U.S. It's particularly worse in the U.S. But it's a universal problem. It just tells us like as a world we can get better. And it's nice to see that everyone is doing that. Like uh. Uh, you don't you don't use Instagram or like a social media in general, but like every day, like there there are people who are posting stuff about about like uh about like activism, Black Lives Matter, supporting uh, minorities, and like policy ideas to actually like change policing. Mm-hmm. So it's it's not like a so protests in general people can doubt their effectiveness and stuff but like when you have actual concrete policies you go much further because uh remember occupy wall street yep well what were their policy goals what did they achieve they didn't achieve much uh yeah i'm trying to remember because actually i think the most I saw of Occupy Wall Street was something similar happened in Germany when I was walking around Frankfurt, which is a relatively large banking city in Germany. And uh, as I was going through uh, an area where there were a good number of towers, uh, which were all basically banking firms, I do remember in a park there was a lot of people protesting and camping inside the park. Yeah, but like we can say the, the movement didn't do much. Yeah. Uh, the Tea Party, they were electorally successful, but they didn't really do much other than like cripple the U.S. government. Which I don't know might have been their plan, but the but the point is like right now with this uh, with these current trends, you're seeing not only are people responding to this, uh, you see uh, corporate America taking a stand. Like at first it's like typical Nike saying like um, they instead of their mottos do it right. This time they're like yeah they said don't do don't it. do it don't ignore did don't ignore systemic racism don't ignore injustice speak out and it's really empowering when they do that especially like not just Nike but um you have a host of other companies like it is hard to imagine of a company right now who has not made a statement like even Amazon <laughs> Amazon also it's important to point out that um. Even if you have not heard something publicly from a company, if you do look anything into their internal um, communications, it's very, very likely the CEO has sent out also email to staff, for example, talking about the events going on. And this also yeah. applies to, I'm sure you have received emails uh, yes, if you're involved certainly. in a school. Um, I've received something, for example, I do athletics in college. I've gotten information through my coach on all that. And basically... I'm almost tired of these emails. It feels like that one time there was a U- new European laws on, uh, y- you know, like privacy and such. But I mean, I understand why all this is coming out. And it's actually a good thing. It's just uh, I-, I might not be reading through every single no, one of it's them. It's important. It's <laughs> yeah, you might not read through all of them, but I think it's important. Like especially that people keep keep pressing their local officials like we are actually making tangible change and we can go further 
And it's nice that everyone is involved with it. I wanted to bring up Amazon earlier. Um, so Amazon is notorious for like, yeah, well, you'll pay us money. We'll, we'll deliver whatever, whatever, uh, whatever you want, right? So, uh, so uh, Jeff Bezos got an email from a customer who's angry about the whole Black Lives Matter. And he's like, why is it on your page, etc.? Like, I don't support this. This is not okay. And Jeff Bezos clapped back. He sent an email... And he's he's talking about systemic racism. He's saying how it's an issue, and then like how we should help. And then at the end, he says like, "You're the type of customer I don't mind losing." Yeah, and I mean also, just from a perspective, it's like you gotta look at this issue on a larger scale. Why would you oppress a group of people who could also be your customers? <laughs> yeah, there's there's talks of um, uh, so do you know do you know what Juneteenth is? Uh, it's uh, it sounds like a German word, and I don't know if you pronounce it right. No, uh, no, uh, it's not a German word. So it's a it's a celebration mostly from uh, for African Americans in the U.S. and that's yeah. It's the day that uh that all slaves were uh, were freed. It's the day like slavery was abolished. Well, mostly uh, abolished. Was it wasn't it June twelfth? Yeah. Uh, no, not June twelfth. Uh, Juneteenth uh, is um. Uh, Juneteenth was, is June nineteenth. in this month. Yeah, it's June nineteenth. Yeah, so it's next Friday. It's Friday. Okay, in uh, nine uh, six days. Okay. Yeah. So um, there's talks about like so just all black people to just stop spending money, like just don't spend money for one day, and we're talking like billions and billions of dollars that just like don't go anywhere just for one day, and this is just really to show like the power of like. Yeah, yeah, sure. African Americans only make up thirteen percent of the U.S., but it's like uh, we do, have a voice. Do you know how much thirteen percent is? I mean, let's see. A country of three hundred million people—that's over thirty million people. Yeah, I mean, it's a big number. It's just you don't think of it so much because you're like, oh, thirteen percent—that sounds small. But you put it to the scale of this entire country, it's big. Yeah, but the point is, it's like. Black people in the U.S. want their voices heard. And if it means protesting, if it means boycotting the U.S. economy for a day, it's just good to feel heard. Because by by getting our voices out there, that's how people respond. And this is not just a black people thing. It's like every group is coming together, like, like uh, working together to fight this. Like there are some protests and like... Iowa or something. There are not really that many black people, but it's mostly white people. There are Latinx people, Asian people. It's like everyone coming together to like fight uh, police brutality, and it's great. Yeah, I don't know. It's like it. It might. It's just like it's just the way I feel about it. It's like I feel like so empowered. I feel like a sense of joy, especially cons- considering last time we talked about it. It was just like. I felt like dreadful, but now it's like yeah. Uh, have we at all mentioned within the sh- context of the show yet that you're of Afro Caribbean descent? Uh, no. Yes. But that might just be good to put it out there. Um, yeah. No. So it's an issue. that like I deal with personally. It's uh, like, uh, remember when uh, Trayvon Martin was shot? Yeah, I remember we discussed about that a lot. Yeah, it was like at that time, it's like my mom's like, okay, don't wear a hoodie. Or it's, uh, 
But, bro, like, hoodies are awesome to wear, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, clearly that has never stopped me, but it's but it's that fear. <laughs> it's it's that fear, that idea. It's like, okay, you have to be very careful. It's 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 a reality that, like, we, we live with, right? It's yeah, when you're dealing and... with cops, you see them, like, holding onto their holsters a lot. And it's sometimes it's just like, I'm just walking, and I just, they're like... As they approach me, you see them put their hands on their holster. It's like, <laughs> I've done nothing the wrong. Are also anxious. Yeah, honestly, it makes things worse because you know. It makes it's 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 like even worse for both parties. Yeah, no, but it's like when you have when someone is when even if they're not threatening you, it's just the fact that they're reaching towards a weapon that they actually have, like, yeah, and it's just like it it stresses me out. And it's just hard to think. It's just hard to to focus. I mean, I'm going to imagine it's probably not as bad because you don't worry so much about risk. But it's like if you've ever driven a car and you have a cop car nearby, you know how you always feel a little bit stressed of like, oh, are they going to go after me for some reason out of nowhere, even though you've done nothing wrong? I feel it's kind of like that, but just a little bit more. No, but it's it's all the time. It's like when you're say if you're driving uh, in a nice car, some people get stopped. That hasn't happened to me, but it's like, or uh, sometimes you'll hear it's like, oh, he was in the wrong neighborhood. Even uh, Ahmad Arbery, he was just checking out a construction site. Like, I know plenty of people who check out construction sites. I check out construction site. Is it worth like dying over? No. It's just curiosity. It's like, I'm not doing anything. I'm just curious. Yeah. So it, it just, it, it's like, especially like stories. Um, so the name I was struggling with, uh, Brianna Taylor, the name I was struggling with last time, it's like, so you were in your home sleeping and then you got, you got shot. Well, like, uh, about that. Um, oh, those cops still have changed. not been charged. Can I, can those, those, yeah, can I you can. So th- yeah. didn't they say uh, they would uh, do no more no-knock warrants? Yeah, in the city of uh, St. Louis, they yep. said they would they would stop uh, no-knock no- uh, warrants, which is actually it called involved a victim to have that happen. No, but, but here's the thing, though: it's, it's called Brianna Taylor. The law is called Brianna Taylor, right? Yeah. Because you, that's she was the one who was affected by it recently. Yes. Her the cops who who did it. Haven't faced any repercussions yet. Well, that hopefully will change too. And St. Louis had another like officer-involved shooting where they shot an unarmed man, an armed armed black man. And also, but, if I'm trying to remember something about that story, just wasn't there also like no reason to even perform that raid? Yeah, it, they went to the uh, so they got a warrant from the judge to ch- search a house for drugs. They went to the wrong house. In the wrong neighborhood. They were like they were completely off on neighborhood and the house, etc. And she got killed. And and yeah, I was wondering if also there was some uh, sort of internal communication issue, which is unacceptable if it leads to people dying. The point is, the U.S. police should not be around. Like, no-knock warrants, for for example, I don't understand. We have a constitution, a Bill of Rights, right? Yep. And it requires, like, no-knock warrant feels like that's, that's a uh, violation 
uh, of our constitution like it's it's kind of like wire warrantless wiretapping is illegal why are you allowed to just like enter someone's house without informing yourself like if i'm not even talking it's like oh all warrants should be made public or whatever but when you enter the premises you should identify yourself as a law enforcement officer of course and i mean that's what supposedly separates the United States from the rest from uh, from countries like this, uh, Russia, China, etc. But the images that we've seen of the police lately, I'm sorry, I have a hard time telling uh, between like the the police in Hong Kong versus the police that we have in the United States at times. Yeah. Also, I'm just uh, I was just trying to think of something a little weird, which was uh... <clears throat> all right. There is such a thing as undercover cops. Yes. And, I mean, their job is not to be... They're not supposed to be easy to spot as law enforcement officers. Well, there's a difference between investigating versus, uh, like, affecting a, 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 a drug bust. Yeah. That, those cops think they were coming in for a drug bust, supposedly. But, but, what, but like, when you do that... You assume a different responsibility. When you're investigating, do whatever. Cops are allowed to lie to you when they're interrogating you. Yes, uh, that is why, also, um, that whole fact on the... You cannot... A cop cannot lie to you about the fact that they're a cop is not true. Yeah, they can lie to you. But it's like... uh, They can lie to you. They can approach you if you're a dealer... And buy drugs off of you and say that they're not a cop and then they can arrest you because they have no reason to say that they are a cop. But that is yes. a separate thing because that is investigation. Yeah, it's a whole different thing when you're t- trying to affect a ris- uh, an arrest or a drug bust, etc. Like, they should clearly identify themselves. And they murdered Brianna Taylor. Yeah. Murdered her. There's no other words around it. It's not killed. It's not thing. It's they murdered her. I mean, they literally just rushed in, and they murdered her. Also, her boyfriend. Oh yeah, her boyfriend is the only person who got charged because he, he, def- you know, as you're entitled to do in the United States, he defended his, he defended himself. He def- because he thought people were breaking in. Yes. He defended himself with a gun, and and then he, he got he got charged. Dude, you, you you really took me off my... I was having a good time just talking about, like, how everyone was active and, uh, like, laws were being enacted. And now you got me talking about this. All right. Like, it's important. It's important. It's just, like... It's important to be aware of what happened, though. We want to know why yes. all this is happening. But, yes, like... So, yeah, there's the Breonna Taylor law. There's other laws that are, that are in effect. There's, um... So, New York, there are... They're repealing what's called uh, New York 50A. Like, uh, it's a specific law that um, shields information about police misconduct from the public. So right now they're repealing that law. And that's just, that's a big step forward. Uh, Minnesota, not Minnesota, Minneapolis, uh, they have disbanded their police. They said they're disbanding their police department. Um, actually, we'll get more on that, uh, what, what that means. But they're enacting change. A bunch of places are, are enacting chains like Los Angeles and uh, like San Francisco. They're look they're re-examining policing. They're seeing how they can make it better, how they can make it work better with the community. 
and I guess it's time to explain like what what the new like hashtag people have been seeing. Uh, do you know what it is? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, have you heard of uh, defund the police? Yes. So, I don't know why it's named that way because it sounds more defund the police sounds more radical than than it is actually. Uh, Noah, since you don't know what it is, what you hear defund the police, what do you think it, it is? Um, take finances away from them. The same way we say defund, uh, fossil fuels. Okay, yes, you're, you're, you're right. But, um, so the idea of defund the police, it's not about, about, first thing to get clear, it's not about abolishing police departments, it's not about getting rid of police entirely. Uh, wait, 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 no. wait, can I just get this straight quickly? You were expecting me to give a different answer than what I gave. Yeah, I was. Ex- I was. I wanted something more inflammatory. Okay, uh, I went to literally by the definition of defund. Yeah, you should have expected that from me. I know. <laughs> I, I just wanted me. I just wanted to make it more entertaining. Yes, but uh, defund the police does sound relatively aggressive. I'm like, are you telling me that you just won't pay them any more money? Are we gonna have no more police force? <laughs> yeah. No. It's a. Uh, it, it's having a police force that does its job. Because yeah. the United States, we have a lot of police officers. Since, like, uh, and the U.S. does have more crime than Europe. That's a true fact. But, like, since, like, uh, 1990 to now, uh, crime has gone down in the United States. Yet our police budgets are as high as ever. They're, high, they're increasing every year. Like, they're outpacing, uh, they're outpacing uh, inflation. Yet at the same time we've cut back uh, we've cut back on a lot of social benefits, and police police are there for a couple things. They're there to investigate crimes, which they do a not as well of a good job as you'd expect. Like they solve maybe like sixty percent of of crimes they actually get that actually get reported. I I was kind of expecting for a smaller number. Uh, I mean, I, I'm BSing. I don't actually know how, how 60%, much. 60%. Like, uh, I was actually expecting a lot worse for the U.S., so. <laughs> the, the point is, uh, like, a lot of crime. they don't actually solve a lot of crimes. Yeah. They do sometimes, but it's not law and order. Oh, we find our suspect every single time. Hmm. Um, but yeah, so they don't solve it. They're supposed to solve crimes. They don't solve that many. They can enforce laws. But apparently, uh, but like, we've seen a lot of a lot of police officers have been abusing that right. Whether it's a uh, Derek Chauvin in uh, for George Floyd, uh, whether it's uh, the officer inv- invo- involved in the killing of Tamir Rice, or J- or Jordan Crawford, or Breonna Taylor, or Eric Gardner, I could go on and on and on. Mm-hmm. Like, they're clearly not enforcing the right laws. Like, they're clearly thinking of themselves above the law. And they're supposed to protect. Uh, they're supposed to protect uh, uh, the right to free speech. They're supposed to protect the First Amendment, right, for a lawful assembly. Yet we've seen them respond to protesters with batons, with uh, riot gear. With rubber bullets, which, contrary to popular belief, are not, they're not non-lethal. They're just less lethal. Uh, with tear gas, which actually killed, uh, 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 killed 
like someone who's just a little bit older than us, like a 22-year-old in New York. Uh, it's a chemical irritant, which actually makes it makes you more susceptible to disease. So that actually makes it worse for coronavirus. Um, that's how the police have been responding. Yeah. And it, there was one. Uh, there was one police union. The chief is like, the chief of the police union is like, stop treating us like animals. Stop treating us as like, uh, like criminals. See us as people. And it was like, you first. Treat treat black people with respect. Don't treat us like criminals. Don't look at us as sus- suspects. Don't look at, at us as like, oh, am I going to shoot this person or arrest this person or something? See us as people first. But yeah, um, but yeah those are the rules and responsibilities the police have. Uh, so what defunding the police is saying is like, okay, instead of having police officers uh, deal with people who have uh, mental health issues, right? Uh, we'll, we'll instead fund uh, intervent- interventionists who have that type of skill and ability to deal with people who have uh, mental health issues. Um, instead of dealing with... Uh, with truancy, for example, like people skipping out on school, have people have give the school extra resources to be able to communicate and advise. And a, a lot of times it's just someone need a counselor advisor, right? Fund those schools with the ability to do that. Mm-hmm. Is this give like do these community policing actions, which a makes police officers and people not hate each other as much, like, bring brings them closer together, which helps you solve crimes, which helps keep the neighborhood safe, for, and it helps both police officers and the individuals in that community. And it also means that, like, we reduce the role of the police, because the police are not equipped to do all of this. Yeah. Uh, pol- what is it? I saw that police officers only need 800 hours of policing. Do you know how many hours your, like, barber needs? Uh, wasn't it something like 2,000 hours? 1500 hours it takes almost double the amount of training to become a barber than it does to become a police officer does that i think i I understand what the argument was i think there was something about it where it's it's not as easy as that it's not um hours like that yeah but the point is it's like police officers are trained for a very specific thing they don't they do not have force laws they do not have that much they do not have that much training Clearly, they... Depends on where the police uh, officer comes from. In general, they do not have that much training. They have training, it's because they they come from a military background. One of the biggest problems I have, for example, is uh, the police has very little uh, training or experience to deal with people who are, um, in some way, considered to have problematic behavior. And by problematic behavior, I don't mean something like... um, they're being violent just because that's who they are. It's people, for example, who have mental issues and they can't necessarily be aware or control the way they behave. It's just for them, it's natural that something is scary and that's why they overreact. Yeah. So it's, so it's like, so it's not about, it's not anti-police. It's just right. It's just regulating police, especially because 
Um, so I was looking this up um, this week, and I was looking for uh, settlements. How much? How much police officers give out in settlements for uh, either wrongful, wrongful convictions, wrongful arrest, or like excessive uh, violence, etc. Right? Mm-hmm. So uh, I was looking New York City specifically because the numbers were really easy. Last year in 2019, the 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 city of New York gave out 300 over 300 million dollars in settlements. Hmm. 300 million dollars in settlements. Oh, that, eh? that's uh the year before that 200 million. Like that's a as considerable a, as a, amount of money. And mind you, the NYPD is one of the better police uh police uh systems in the United States. Yeah. They they have a low rate of mortality. They have a lower rate of uh, excessive force than other police departments, and that's the NYPD. So if you can you can imagine what there are like fifteen hundred different like police departments in the U.S. Yeah, how much they just in settlements. I'm not even talking about like budget. I'm not even talking about like training. How much money salaries or whatever. Just on settlements. We could easily be talking about billions of dollars in settlements. Oh, for sure. Across the whole U.S. And just like this policing thing. Like, if you look at Europe, right? Europe is a good contrast to the United States, right? Wealthy country, etc. So, just we're just talking about white Americans. White Americans are killed at a time... What was it? Two and a half times more than they would be in Europe. We're just talking about yeah. white Americans. Now, uh, um, African Americans are killed two to three times more than white Americans by the police. Like, as a rate. So it's not even an issue of, like, not only is it bad for, for like, minorities, black people, etc. It's bad for white people, too, in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Like, the U.S. Po- uh, police is just not as effective as other countries. And it's not just because we have guns, because Switzerland, they have guns. Almost every citizen has guns. Yeah. Israel, uh, Israel, in terms of, like, domestic police, like, just Israel, ignoring Palestine, uh, uh, almost everyone has guns. And they they have less police shootings. So that's not even a... It's not even a... It's, it is a race issue because it disproportionately affects uh minorities but it's just like policing in the u.s is fundamentally broken oh for sure um but that's like the reason a lot of these protests are happening is i mean it tends to empower for example black lives in a way but the real demand out of all this protest is and police brutality change the police system yeah it's just reallocate money uh what was it uh, someone, uh, like this police chief, I forgot where he was. He's like, if you increase graduation rates by uh, 10%, you decrease crime rates by 20. Yeah. So if we just fund these initiatives better, we could solve a lot of our issues. What most people who go to, most people who are in like federal prison right now are on drug possession charges, marijuana specifically. Like who in, in a lot of places, that's not even a crime anymore. Um, Although, just out of curiosity for marijuana, haven't they done a lot of actions to forgive people? 
for these crimes. And I, I know this does not apply everywhere, but for example, um, in the states where it has been legalized, they have been forgiving people who have had, um, um, only, only they can only do that within their state. Yeah. And most states have not legalized marijuana yet. And even if sometimes they did legalize marijuana, they didn't, uh, they didn't make it retroactive, uh, like either taking people out of prison or removing their criminal record. Yeah. And also if you have a criminal record, it's harder to get a job. That's what I'm saying. It's like all these things are connected. So it's like you have to address the issue. How has crime, how has crime been falling every year since 1990 yet our, our prison population is one of the highest it's ever been? Is it because they put all the people who do crime into prison? <laughs> it's not. No, it's it. The numbers don't work. I don't think that's how it works. But, um, actually, uh, what was uh, apparently, um, uh, so last year in twenty nineteen, uh, NYPD and Bill De Blasio, the mayor of New York City, have a very testy relationship, to say the least. It's horrible, um, but apparently, uh, so. So De Blasio, I think he had fired uh, one of the officers who was in who killed uh, uh, Gardner, Eric Gardner, right? Yep. So the so the NYPD decided to go on strike for a couple days, and mm-hmm. by strike they just weren't as aggressive in their policing. Here's the thing: crimes crime didn't go up. Arrest went down, but crime didn't go up. Yeah. I didn't even. I live in New York City. I didn't notice anything. I mean, they kind of played themselves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, so it shows this, like, we have an over-policing issue. In some right. places. Some places. Uh, and even some of these places are places where you would not think of it being that big an issue. Because you're like, oh, I mean, is this true that there are a lot of northeastern states that are s- said to be very progressive, yet... I mean, as you can see, like, from New York City, it might be a very progressive city, but this does not necessarily mean that they have got it right either. No, it's a, it's a, it's a process. And honestly, it's great to seeing everyone get involved. Even Congress said they were going to do something, you know, which works almost no time. But, but, uh, the House passed a bill. It, it was written by, uh... What's her name? Ayanna Taylor, I think that's her name. She's our state representative, like, for the city of Boston. Mm-hmm. Um, wait. No, it's um, Ayanna Presley. Sorry. So she's a U.S. Rep- representative from, Mas- from Massachusetts, so I should probably have known her name. And, um, and Justin Amash, a... Former Republican, now Libertarian, uh, member of the House. They wrote a bill that would um, to address this issue. Now they didn't defund the police, but a lot of their points, a lot of things people have been asking for. They banned no-knock warrants on the federal level. Uh, they're asking for a reallocation of resources towards these public goods, uh, greater police accountability, a registry for uh, for uh, for people with ethics complaints, right? So it's so you're seeing some change. Yeah. Now do you want to talk about who stands against those changes? Uh well, 
I don't know, but uh, if you've heard what I commented before, I, I wanted to say like, "Ooh, Mitch McConnell," but <laughs> yeah. Um, actually, I I don't think Mitch McConnell's been pretty quiet. Well, yeah, he's been quiet because it's not his issue to deal with. He's gonna let the more noisy people bring the bad press and not be in the spotlight. You mean the more noisy people? You mean his, uh, the president, the so-called leader of his party? Yes. <laughs> Alright, uh, so where do we begin with Donald Trump? Uh, well, uh, honestly, if you're gonna talk about Donald Trump, we have a lot of fun information about backlash on Trump. Yeah, but first let's talk about the stuff he's done. Alright, first... Hey, we don't want to go over time, keep that in mind. Okay, first couple of things he did, he called the protesters thugs. And that if there this when the looting starts, the shooting starts. He uh, made repeated uh, inflammatory comments, so much so that Snapchat and Twitter removed him. Uh, Facebook has condemned his remarks, but have not removed his post. Anyways, uh, that's some some of the stuff he's done. He used uh, George Floyd's name, saying it's like, "Oh, the, look at these economic numbers. He'd be so happy about it, because you know, when someone's dead, they care about." People being unemployed. I don't know. Um, his rally is in Tulsa, Oklahoma, on the anniversary of the Tulsa uh, of the Tulsa massacre. Mm-hmm. Like that's his first rally. He's picking a place where there was a massacre of black people by white people. I feel like in this current climate, uh, that's such um, a bad. He's been combination he's been against removing removing uh, confederate statues he doesn't want to rename military bases have named after confederate generals which i never understood they thought they were traitors i don't know why we decided to name our military bases after them because there is still a large amount of belief in the confederates being like i, I think it's something that empowers a lot of southern people it's not even southern. You see that in Michigan. Like, remember when uh, people were protesting the stay-at-home orders? They were wearing, they were using Confederate flags. And like, last time I checked, Michigan was not part of the Confederacy or near the South. Uh, well, I guess that it's, empowers a certain set of beliefs. Mostly white people who tend to have discriminatory views. Do they say that they have discriminatory views? No, they don't say it, but their actions, their policy days they advocate for, the way they talk about things, they're the all lives matter crowd. So in a certain, if it's not, if they don't say it like uh, overtly, all their actions and stuff, I mean, dictate something else. Yeah, they don't officially say it, but uh, like if you were to have locker room talk... Yeah, that's probably what they... Yeah, when he was saying, um, grab him by the pussy. Yeah. I mean, uh, what wasn't there a term before used by Donald Trump about locker room talk? I'm imagining the locker room talk is where they'll actually see. Yes, uh, I, I like using that term, locker room talk, and I'm sure that if he had any locker room talk of people who tend to identify along with these Confederate beliefs, especially people in the North, who don't have much a reason to empower themselves through these beliefs, yeah, you can probably have an idea of what uh, they will talk about. But yeah, so uh, also what's really important is, uh, so the the photo op, 
So uh, there was peaceful protests in front oh. of the White House. Oh, oh no, not that. <laughs> yeah, oh. there were peaceful protests in front of the White House, uh, while the, and Donald Trump decided that he wanted to take pictures in front of the church with a Bible. So he, uh, so his administration ordered that the protesters be removed. These were peaceful protesters. They they shot tear gas and rubber bullets at them, so they would dis- disperse. Including the people who were managing the church, also he could he could he could walk through the front gates of the White House to take a picture in front of the church. He did not go in the church to pray. He did not give his remarks. He stood there holding the Bible upside down to take pictures. No, 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 no. What what I think was even worse is if you've ever looked at that video of him holding the Bible, it looks like he's marketing a product. Yeah, it's horrible. It, it, it seems like there's... I, I feel like he thought, hey, if I hold a Bible, people will think that, hey, he's doing something good, and then everyone calms down. He, uh, honestly, I don't know where he got that idea from. Uh, honestly, I feel it's blasphemous just using the Bible like that just for a photo op. Uh, yeah. He was not given permission by the people who managed the church, the priest, the whatever. He was not given permission. He tear-gassed them, actually. Um, it was so bad, his current mini- uh, defense uh, secretary said that he should not have been there. A bunch of generals, active and and retired, have condemned uh, Donald Trump for doing this. And the military is, in general, very apolitical, right? Yes. Well, unless they condemn they the actions. Are, uh... They, like they... Yeah, unless you're talking about cutting their funding, yeah. but they were the, the, the military is condemned. It. His former uh, his former Secretary of Defense, uh, Jim's, Jim James Mattis, uh, said like this is what you see like uh, authoritarian countries do. Like it is a threat of the Constitution. It's a mess. All right, so should we start talking about now backlash? Yes, the backlash. That one is a lot more enjoyable. Uh. For, uh, first off, before we put that in, there was the NFL backlash because uh, oh, okay. Drew Brees said something. Uh, said something. He's like, I feel like kneeling is disrespecting the flag. Uh, he got back. He was educated by his teammates and stuff. And Drew Brees came out. It's like, yeah, Black Lives Matter. This is important. So Donald Trump responded, like, don't, don't, don't change your mind like that. Don't be pressed. And then Drew Brees clapped back on him. So that's first that backlash. Yeah. Um. Second backlash is the D.C. mayor <laughs> decided to rename and not only rename his, uh, the street that the White House is on. Paint. Decided to decide to do a mural s- saying Black Lives oh, Matter. So, okay, this is this is a pretty entertaining one in some way, representing this new politics of beefing between politicians. And I feel like... The mayor of DC has approached this in the classiest way I've seen so far. Yeah. Where she renamed it was Pennsylvania Avenue, at least a strip of road in front of the White House to Black Lives Matter it's Plaza. It's amazing. It's you can see it from space. Also changing the address of the White House. <laughs> 1600 Black Lives Matter <laughs> Plaza. Yes. Um but yeah, it's the mural so big I like didn't they say you could see it from space or something? I don't know. But the point is, it's like on Google Maps, Apple Maps. It's amazing. I love it. Yeah. 
that's just a very interesting and entertaining way of showing how people involved in politics have, especially the mayor of D.C. has tried to show disapproval of the way Trump has approached uh these protests yeah i mean it's not just it's not just the mayor of dc uh social media companies twitter snapchat facebook uh they they've yep. been against it um facebook has finally acted against really? it uh mark zuckerberg was holding back but there was also the blackout tuesday or something oh yeah that blackout tuesday is when everyone posted like a black picture yeah i i think personally i mean i don't post anything on instagram my approach of it. I don't even think I don't even think you open Instagram. I did. I saw all the black images because I knew something was happening. Um, the one problem I had is the fact that people still want use the platform and posted this nothingness was kind of like, in my opinion, that's just the way I view it. Is like it probably didn't impact Facebook as hard as if just nobody opened it for a day. No, it's not that it, it, the blackout thing was not supposed to impact uh, Facebook. It was just to show awareness and solidarity. Oh yeah, for sure. I, I understood that though. That was like a good side effect. What fa- what Facebook had? Uh, they had a walkout for their employees. That's the one I was more interested in. Yeah, so their employees were so appalled by Facebook's decision to not to not like take down or add some context to Donald Trump's. Uh, post that they they did a virtual walkout the first time the company has done that anyone any employee of the company has done that yep um um well, let's see oh romney mitt romney yeah uh, okay. mitt romney this was was protesting one. so there uh, are a few pictures of mitt romney out with the protests and also i'm a little entertained that it's not like a media stunt where it's just him posing in a protest you can actually no, see he was he was take, in he was in the protest he was in the protest and protesters have taken pictures of him participating which is quite interesting because it shows that he was actively there it wasn't just like something for pr yeah uh can mitt romney run for president against donald trump <laughs> huh. i just want people to run against donald trump i don't at this point i think anyone is better than him but like just in general, it's like, and like that was that was a good move by Romney. So have you, yeah? But have you uh, said all the backlash against Trump that we have listed down? Because I'm sure there's so much more. Well, there's so much more. We're only focusing on the highlights. Okay. Now, um, also a recent trend is that we've uh, a lot of people have been taking down uh, Confederate monuments, uh, uh, not just not statues not just in thrown into yeah. the water. Uh, that was actually in the UK, actually. Like all over the world, people are taking down statues of race of racists of slaves or slavers. Yeah. So I mean, if you're enslaving people, I'm pretty. I think it's a safe bet to say they're racist. There's even the graffiti on the church hill. Really, I didn't know about the Churchill one. I know, um, you know, I felt like Churchill was probably the big one because uh, he is a relatively highly regarded. Yeah, um, was it in Belgium? Country. Uh, did uh, it was Leopold, right? Yep. Uh, they, oh, the guy who destroyed Congo. Yeah. So Leopold, they, they took down some of his statues and put graffiti on some of those statues, and it's just again, it's a worldwide movement. It's amazing, and even in the U.S., NASCAR banned the Confederate flag. Uh, they're trying to rename. Uh, Congress wants to rename a lot of military bases. At least the House wants to. And of course, Donald Trump is like, nope. 
he wants to keep him because uh, I don't. Whatever, I don't care. We talk about a Confederate flag. I'm over it. Uh, I also just gonna say, if NASCAR took action, you know, <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, if NASCAR took it out, I don't see what like. I don't know. I feel like there's no escaping that what that, the Confederate flag represents a, the establishment of slavery. There's no you can't run away from it. So NASCAR, a sport. That's predominantly popular in the South, predominantly popular in more conservative areas, took a stand. I feel like our president should be able to do the same. But, you know, I don't really have much expectations for our, for Donald Trump, ever. Mm, yeah. Kindness and human decency. Should we start moving on to... Yeah. Should we start moving on a little bit more towards tech? Uh, yeah, I mean, jobs slash tech economy. Okay. Um, because we're on this whole topic of, um, civil rights and social justice. I felt like this would be a fun little fact to put out there. But, um, if you guys are aware of AMD, American Micro Devices, I think, it's the big processor company that's actually been doing extremely well in the last year, in the year 2019, with their new CEO, Lisa Su. Um who, as you can probably tell from the name, is a woman. Um, she basically helped bring the company back to a point where it's actually really competing with Intel. And this is just something interesting to put out, that uh, an S&P 500 report has uh, put out the fact that Lisa Su is the highest paid CEO of 2019. And by highest paid, I mean she has the biggest pay package as a CEO um, because I'm sure in terms of other individuals who may have gotten stock options or uh, well earned money through for example company growth that's different because I could imagine Jeff Bezos probably made more in that year or Elon than she Musk. did but yes but I, I just want to point out in terms of a pay package so like dollar dollar amounts paid salary yeah dollar amount so, Lisa Sue earned $58.5 million as her pay package for her work in AMD from during 2019. Yeah, that's and all the good news we have about minorities or women in jobs. Uh, I, unfortunately, while it is nice to see a woman at the top, this does not necessarily mean that the number of women in the S uh, uh, female CEOs in the S&P 500 is a large number at all. They're still very much the minority, but I felt like it would still be in some way an empowering piece of knowledge to have out there to show that, you know, women are capable of getting to the top. It's just a case of having things change yeah. on a societal level. Okay, I have one empowering thing, and then I have another depressing thing. <laughs> oh, no. Okay, another thing that's empowering. So, you know how there was the SpaceX launch, like, uh, t two, three weeks ago? Yeah, astronauts, for the first time, got launched from within the U.S. to the space station. But yeah. the big difference is that they were launched by a private U.S. company. Yeah, th that's that, That's what's important, but the... The whole point that's empowering is, um, so one of the, one of the, like, uh, people they were, who was managing, like, presenting the launch was, uh, 
was this African-American woman, right? Yep. And uh, on Twitter, there was this mom, there was this mom, she's like, oh, my daughter saw this person on TV, and now she's like, I want to be an astronaut too. I want to, like, learn, uh, le- go to space and, like, rocket science and stuff. And I was like, oh, that's a, such a heartwarming story. Oh, it's always good to have some wholesome news. Yeah. And, uh, you said you also had something depressing, and of course you shared a depressing after the happy to put all our moods back to like, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, so the jobs report came back uh, last week, right? Yep. Uh, surprisingly, uh, we added jobs, which was unexpected. So that's a that's a good. So a little bit more good news. It's just um, if you look at the the rates of uh, pre-corona. Women actually had a slightly higher employment rate than men, and African American unemployment was at record lows. General U.S. unemployment was at record lows. So uh, what happened last week is unemployment was at sixteen percent, which is a two percent drop. African American unemployment did not budge from the previous month, and I don't have the exact number for women exact ex- exactly, but uh, women have also been. Uh, haven't actually like recovered at all from the coronavirus yeah um like the, the i want to say that i also partially believe that a lot of industries are do- uh, that are dominantly that dominantly employ women probably were also very heavily affected um yes i'm thinking of hospitality yeah the hospital hospitality like nursing homes and such where you have a lot of women that help take care of all this stuff Right now, it's chaotic over there. So th- yeah, that might be a reason to why. Disproportionately um, nurses. Uh, uh, if you want to analyze it. But also, unfortunately... Yeah, the, they make sense. Yeah. Unfortunately, they make sense. Is this depressing? There's still a whole divide in what jobs people have based on their background. Um, okay, well, we're s- since we started approaching yeah. tech news, yeah. though, when I talked about AMD, there is... Uh, big announcement that happened this last week and this has nothing to do anymore with uh what we previously talked about during this episode and it's just tech but the playstation 5 was announced yeah i don't know i'm not a place for a lot of people that's i'm not a playstation person Uh, but yeah it was still exciting to see it has a lot of really cool tech implemented in it but the big thing is of course it has it uses um processors uh for graphics and processing operations by amd if i remember correctly. uh both consoles so using really AMD. interesting yes um but what was really interesting was also consoles might actually be better than computers <gasps> at least this current generation at this very moment in the year which might be surprising you to for well alleviate to hear me say because i'm a very big uh pc Supporter. You mean P- PC masteries? That's just you. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm not that bad. But like, um, what I just want to say is that there's the storage technology within these consoles, or at least within the PlayStation Five, is designed in an extremely efficient, and it's it's very interesting. Like, basically, it just means they can move data faster, which means load times are going to be much faster, and. It, it's mainly just due to the fact that they can design technology specifically for games. Unfortunately, a PC, which is a multi-purpose uh, piece of equipment where you do more than like games, cannot really have that technology implemented in it because it's not something that can be applied to every situation. 
but for gaming, this current generation of consoles will at least, probably for the next year, be better than the majority of computers built for gaming. Okay, it's uh, also, you were talking about the speeds of the SSDs. It's one thing that the both next-gen consoles have. Like, they bo- they're both running SSDs, but they're going even, like, further beyond, like, your typical SSDs. Yes. So, they're I.O. throughput, so it's, like, how much, like, they can spit out. 150 gigabytes or something. No, not that high. Uh, 5.5 gigabytes raw. 8 to 9 gigabytes compressed for the PlayStation 5, 2.4 gigabytes raw for the Xbox Series uh, X, and 4.8 gigabytes per second for compressed. Anyways, the whole point is, like, they are much faster than what you have on regular computers. I think when I said the number, I meant the theoretical maximum and not the actual maximum. Um, sh- I, I don't know. But, yeah, the whole, but the whole point is, like... Uh, they were doing their presentation. I think it was it was a uh, Crash and Bandicoot. Ba- I don't they, know. They they uh, basically I don't know. I did not really watch the full keynote, but I was aware that most of it was just them advertising games, and they kind of weren't very keen on announcing the price though at the end. Uh, yeah, uh, we don't know the prices yet. No, but the whole point was like for Crash and Bandicoot, they basically had them uh, move worlds, and it was instant. There was no loading times. It was amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. Uh, I so hate loading I'm just going to say, really cool technology. And if you're into gaming, then this is certainly something to look into. Uh, but I just also wanted to point out this interesting fact, where at least for gaming, the PlayStation 5 and probably the Xbox too, have they released a lot of details on the new Xbox yet? All the specs details are out. Okay. Uh, but generally, uh, the next-gen set of consoles we have coming up for this year will probably be better than computers within the next year or two uh in terms of gaming performance (laughs) but of course as uh technology improves on computers and they're much easier to upgrade uh on the short term computers will probably get back up there but it's the storage technology within the ps5 that really shows that there's a major discrepancy between what computers will be capable of and what the playstation will be capable of in terms of uh, load times and such in gaming. But yeah, even just going more outside of the tech things, just the games that were was pretty exciting. Horizon Zero Dawn is getting a, a, a sequel. Uh, they're making a new GTA V. <laughs> uh, I'm not surprised by that one. It's the new Skyrim. Oh my god, it's so stupid. All platform re-releases. Just to be clear, GTA V came out for the PS3 and the Xbox 360 and now they're, 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 it's surviving three generations of consoles. Amazing. Um, but yeah. Uh, also, this is just my personal excitement. They made a new uh, 2K, uh, 20, uh, 2K21. Looks amazing. Like, the sweat looks better than ever. <laughs> <laughs> um, they announced a new game, Spider-Man Morales. Like, also, isn't there the new Last of Us? Yeah, sure, I don't care about Last of Us. But yeah. It's a very well... It's a very well-renowned game. I'll just yeah. put it that way. That's I make, why I felt like it might be worth mentioning. I make like casual Horizon gamer. Zero Dawn is a very cool game, too. I'm a casual gamer. I know the I know the big blockbusters that like a, a normal person would know. But yeah. Yeah, um, yeah that's out. Uh, Spider-Man Morales is like... The game came out, like, what, a year ago, and it was amazing, and the fact that they're already announcing another one is just, like, amazing to me. 
mm-hmm. and I can't wait to play Spider Man on my friend's PS Five. <laughs> I have the I have the Xbox. I have the new Xbox. I just won't have the PS Five. Personally, so. if I'm getting a console though anytime soon, it's probably still gonna be a Switch. <laughs> hey, they might be available now because you know they. Well, they have to switch light out now, so it's a little cheaper to buy. But I just mean if you can me, find it online, because if they've I were been to out. find a console, for example, I'd go for more casual gaming because I find casual to be more fun and less competitive. And so that's just a personal choice. All right, we're over an hour, so I guess this is where we end our episode. All right. Well, thank you for listening, guys. Yeah, thank you for showing up. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Please uh, let your friends know and. Uh, like and like and support us uh, leave a comment or review on the, wherever you listen to us on apple Podcasts, spotify or wherever else you listen to your podcast thanks all right goodbye